choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. One we are willing to postpone. And one we intend to win. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The what is up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network, Apollo HOU. Follow us on Twitter at Apollo HOU. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Lalima, joined by Apollo Dez. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790 and at Apollo Dez1. And the Astros have just concluded a series win against the Angels, going three out of four. Dez and I are going to recap our trip to Denver, Colorado, as we followed the Astros on a quick two-game trip over uh, in Colorado. A nice snowy game we sat through, some 18-degree weather. Then we will venture off into some Q&A, a quick preview into the Mariners. Dez, another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast. How we doing, buddy? I'm defrosted, man. I'm finally back. I'm finally feeling warm. It was 18 degrees in Denver, Colorado. Um, we... We planned this trip in our heads about three weeks ago, and of course, me and you planning everything in the last second, and we did it the Saturday before the Tuesday game. So we decided to brave the storm, go up there, and uh, it was probably one of the coolest baseball experiences I've ever been part of. And it was, uh, yeah, it was cold, but sitting in an actual stadium with the snow, um, once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime. Yep, so this is segment one of Beyond the Diamond podcast, and Dez and I are going to go into a recap of our trip to Denver, Colorado, and just like you said, Dez, um, it was pretty damn cold. We got to Denver on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning, we flew in, we got, uh, we left the airport, got to our Uber, and there were snow, ice, frigid temperatures, uh, wind, I think it was like 34 degrees when we landed, and it just continued to drop and drop and drop. Uh, we had a couple of cold beverages at the hotel bar. Then we ventured off to Can the... Can we talk about that? Can we talk about the, the Rally Hotel? Yeah, we, let's... Yeah, you want to give a free plug to the Rally free Hotel? I don't them. mind it. Four weeks... I don't mind it. Four weeks from the first day they opened up their doors. Um, it was probably one of the best hotels I've ever been at. It's literally, you could throw a baseball and hit course Field. Right there where all the bars are, where all the restaurants are primo location if you're ever in denver i highly highly recommend staying there uh no free ads but they they treated us like family i i can't thank them enough um but also brian you you missed the one thing before we even got there we almost died on the way to the hotel our our uber driver was part of the russian mob and he he's playing slavonsky's like fifth orchestra and it's just blaring (laughs) through his toyota corolla and he, he asked us, he's like, do you want to go the GPS route or the preferred route? And I panicked and said preferred. Like, I didn't know what was what that meant. And then he starts hauling ass. And like you said, in the snow and ice of the freeways, it was like he was going 90. And I was like, like, we're going to die. Like the, the Beyond the Diamond podcast dies right here. Like the we need a separation of president, vice president. And like, you know how they separate them and they can't ever be in the same room together. I don't yeah. think we could ever be in yeah. the same Uber together because I thought we were going to die. No, so you take that Uber ride and he had a sense of urgency and then you take our Uber ride 
back to the airport leaving Denver on Thursday, and you and I were both pretty damn car sick because our man driving us uh, was going the speed limit, but he was a two-footed driver. Oh. He hit the brake. He'd hit the gas. He'd hit the brake. He hit the gas. Plus, it was like 95 degrees inside of his freaking car. And we, yeah, were we were driving it. We were jammed. We were very hungover. We were driving inside of a, uh, riding inside of a Toyota Prius. Thank God you rolled down the window because I think both of us would have thrown up yeah. before we even got to the airport. It was bad. So we had two, uh, two interesting Uber rides. Uh, but just to talk about, you know, the people that we came across in Denver, downtown Denver, we stayed in lower downtown, the Lodo area. Uh, we went to a pregame party with a Houston-based bar called Society Sports and Spirits. It's over, I don't know, ten, it's a 10-minute walk from the ballpark. Um, you walk in, and everybody was an Astros fan. Everyone. Every single person we saw in there. The people that were working were wearing Astros gear. All the fans that were in there were wearing Astros jerseys. We were wearing our, our Astros jerseys. Uh, even though we were bundled up like the uh, little brother in... Uh, a Christmas story. Uh, shout out to Des for never watching that movie. That's okay, though. Look, that's fine. I'm not going to judge you for that. People that are listening are probably going to get that reference. That's how freaking cold it was. it was. But that bar was badass. It was awesome to be in Denver and be sitting in a Houston-based bar where they're playing still tipping. They're playing Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Zero. Zero. Trey the Truth. Trey the Truth. I mean, you name every Houston rapper, we heard it. We even heard a little Tupac. It was just great. It was such an awesome experience. Shout out to the people that uh, came and hung out with us at our table. We we're, you know, we we're kind of like royalty there, which was pretty damn nice. Was it was great. It was it's just so an fun. overall, uh, as far as coming across the people that we talked to, meaning the, the employees of the hotel, the employees at that bar, the people that worked at concession stands, the beer carts, uh, the apparel store at Coors Field. Everybody was freaking great. The restaurants Everybody, we went to. I mean, apps, every every restaurant we went to. And we wore Astros gear everywhere we went. So they knew that we were Astros fans. Right. And every single person we came across as far as, you know, as we were paying customers, they were great. 100%. Now, the fans or I say I, I'm doing some air quotes here. The quote Rockies fans at games were um, assholes, to say the least. They were Total pretty asshole. much, pretty much relentless on screaming about cheating, trash can banging. Um, they're yelling at Aledmus Diaz or yelling at Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker, guys that weren't even on the team. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Tucker was probably like eight back in 2017. Yeah, he, was, he was in he was in biology in, in middle school, like when they were banging a trash can. Yeah, and, and then there was uh, then we sat through the day game on Wednesday, which was a one ten start Mountain Time, so two ten Central, and it was snowing when we got there, and it was snowing when we left. As soon as we sat in our seats, there was a fan two rows in front of us by himself, had an inflatable trash can up. He sat there quietly, and then as soon as the national anthem ended, he took a sprint down to the dugout and started slapping that stupid trash can. And right then and there, the security got to him, took his trash can away. You videoed it. You saw it right there in front of in front of us, just like I did. I mean, then to come to find out, he's a fucking Yankee he's fan. He's a Yankee fan, bro. Come on. Ugh. This dude, like this poor, lonely guy, probably no older than 35, 36 years old, it, he, I don't, I don't know if he lived in Denver or if he just decided to come to Denver to hang out, just had to come to the freaking game. And he's just, he's spouting off 
uh, batting averages from two years ago, three years ago, screaming at Bregman, screaming at Yuli, yelling at Carlos Correa. A clown. You know, uh, talking about, oh, Bregman stole that MVP from Aaron Judge. Oh, you guys cheated, this, this, and this. And then I finally, you know, it takes a lot for me to get fired up. And I finally got pissed off. And I was like, do you honestly think that the Astros are the only team cheating in the big leagues? Let's, let's unseal that letter. How about we do that? How about we unseal the letter? And then you shut them up pretty much for good. Yeah. And I'll let you tell that side of it because it, it came from you and you'd, you'd been you'd sitting on it. And finally, he gave you the opportunity to, to just end him the best thing with trolls is not to you just got to bait them in you just got to get them into the deep water just like hey just come on come on it's cool the water's fine get in the deep water with me and that's when you that's when you get them and that's when you drown them and he was just sitting there and he was like you know yankees this yankees that blah 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 blah. they don't cheat and we talked about i was like man the last time the yankees won a world series you know um Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas. The yeah. Black Eyed Pe- Black Eyed Peas had the number one song in America in 2009. He was like, "Yeah, I was there. We won and we celebrated, and we didn't cheat." And I go, "Whoa!" But you guys did do steroids. Multiple guys on that team got caught with steroids, and he looked like he saw the ghost of Christmas past with all the snow falling around him, and he did not say a word for the rest of the game. And I was just like, "Bro, like." Yeah, let's all we're going to talk about our World Series rings. We're going to do all that. But the last one you're touting is one that was supplied by literally steroids. So trash can bad steroids. Good. And that guy just was done chirping for the rest of the game. Yeah, I think the the funniest part about all these, again, quote Rockies fans were you had guys wearing Yankees hats. You had uh, women wearing white. Yeah. Exactly. The Chicago Bears. Bears. Chicago, Chicago Bears beanie. The the game one that we were at, a guy two rows to our right uh, was screaming. He had a Cubs jersey on and a Chicago Bears beanie on. Look, man, like what the Astros did is not good, right? It, it's, it's cheating. Yeah, allegedly. It's cheating. You can say what you want. Is it a good look? Absolutely not. If you're legit still that mad and you missed out on booing the Astros last year because of COVID, that's your prerogative. Okay, so be it. But damn it, if you're just doing it to go with the flow and go with everybody else that's doing it, like just at least scream at the guys that were still on the damn team. 90% of the people screaming were yelling at guys that weren't even in the organization. Like I said earlier, Kyle Tucker uh was in biology michael brantley was on the cleveland indians aledmus diaz was on the toronto blue jays Jordan was like uh, Jordan was a dodger he hadn't even been traded yet and, and these guys are just getting absolutely ripped from from fans in the stands it's annoying um i get it man if you're pissed off okay whatever do your research don't be a simp Okay, don't be a simp. It's just the cool thing to do. And it, it is. That's what I'm saying. It's a Go herd with the mentality, sheep Man. mentality. And honestly, I love the shit talking from the actual Rocky fans. Like, right. it, it was outrageous from all the fans of other teams that were in Colorado to boo, to boo, just because it's a cool thing to do. But the actual Rocky fans that were talking shit about the game was something I respected because the Astros were up. And I know you want to, we talked about this offline. And I know you want to bring it up and I'll, I'll, I'll lead you into it. 
But that entire game, the momentum was on the Astros' side. We had played bad baseball. We'd been sucking. The Rockies suck. And there's an opportunity there to steal two easy wins. And we're riding. We're cruising. I'm talking mess. Carlos shuts up the crowd with a big hit. And then this play happens. Um, You all know. I'll let Brian take it away from here. But everyone on the timeline has been talking about this play for a week. But Brian... So it, it's it's just like like you said, Des, the the atmosphere at Coors Field was awesome. There were so many Astros fans decked out in all Astros gear that Tuesday night game. It was great. It was uh, it was an electric atmosphere for only having, uh, I don't know, maybe 12, 13,000 fans, whatever the number was with, you know, the coronavirus, you know, the, the protocols, whatever you want to call it. So I'm trying to pull up. So let, I'm looking at the box score from that game. So leading into and again, when we got there, game first pitch temperature was 30 degrees. By the time we left three and a half hours later, it was 18 degrees. If you've never played baseball in cold weather, it is the absolute worst. worst. You t- you talked about this just like I did offline. When, we, when you and I were playing, both were playing in college, we did not perform well in cold weather. Absolutely not. I was a career 300 hitter in college after my four years. I would say from the month of January to that first week of March, I was probably a 150 hitter. After March, when everything warmed up, Des warmed up, and I was a great hitter. But those first two, two months is miserable. Your hands are frozen. Everything sucks. You can't move. You're frozen stiff out, you know, in the field waiting for the pitch to come. God forbid you get a pitcher that can't throw strikes and you're just sitting out there in the cold and wind. Um, you're up to bat. 90, 90 looks like 105. Like, it's just miserable. It's the, it's the worst atmosphere to play in. I would rather play in 105 degree weather with 90% humidity, no wind, than play in 18 degree weather. 100%. And when you play in that type of at- atmosphere runs are at a premium i don't care if you're playing in the mile high city i don't care if the ball flies in that place when you're playing in that cold of weather runs are at a premium and i know the final box score of the tuesday night game says six to two but that doesn't tell the whole story yeah so you look in the box score houston was leading one to nothing going into the bottom of the six uh, Luis Garcia threw five and two thirds innings. He only gave up two earned runs, right? So I'm tr- I don't exactly remember if it was in the bottom of the sixth when they scored two. Yeah, it was. Okay, Luis so it got, was. Luis got pulled, and right. uh, Abreu had came in. Yeah, oh, that's right, Brian Brian Abreu. And there's another thing we can hit on because Brian Abreu made a made the pitch that he wanted, and the ball was not caught. And he talked about that in the uh, post game press conference. There's and you can feel like like he started with this this uh, segment that we're hitting on in that in the bottom of the six. You can still feel the momentum is with the Astros. Luis Garcia gets pulled five and two thirds innings. So he's got two outs. Brian Abreu comes in. There's runners at first and second, I believe, or second and third. Either there are two runners on. Don't remember the exact. A ball was hit to Miles Straw in dead center field. It came off the bat at 113 miles an hour. A rope. Absolute, an, an absolute solid rope. rope. And from the perspective that you and I had in the, in the ballpark, the ball should have been caught. 100%. He gets burned. He, two runs score. The momentum is absolutely sucked away from the Astros. And it was a and home game. Get, 
Exactly. I, we haven't touched on this. At Coors Field, the Astros fans showed up and showed out. And for those five and two-thirds innings, it was louder than I've heard in Minute Maid Park at times. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so the it was just a deflation across the board from the players to the fans. And then it just all the Rockies and all the other baseball fans that are the Astros, just that momentum shifted the completely other way, right. 180 degrees. And it, it was just the game was over. And the Astros never got it back. They were never able to get it back. So you and I are sitting there and we're thinking, damn it, like that ball's got to be caught. What the hell is going on? And there were some sketchy plays earlier in the game between Straw and Tucker. Uh, A ball blooped and fell in between Diaz, Tucker, and Miles Straw. And the ball should have been caught. And it's like, what are you you having problems picking the ball up off the bat? I mean, what, what are we doing here? But as far as the momentum... Momentum is such a big, big part of baseball that people really don't understand and don't realize. The average fan doesn't get it. Yeah. And there's another thing we hit on. After a mound visit, you were a catcher. What is the pitcher supposed to do? Throw strike one. That's a part of momentum. When uh, I think you tweeted about it today. You want to see, and we'll hit on Lance McCullers a little bit later, but you talked about it today. One thing you want to see out of Lance McCullers is his growth. And when things start to bleed, you have to stop the bleeding so you can get some of the momentum back. You have to. So that play is what shifted the momentum for the Astros, away from the Astros, and it gave all the momentum back to the Rockies. Then we see video of it after the game, and when the ball was hit, there was a, it was a hesitation, and there was a step in, and what are you taught as a little leaguer? First First step is First step is always back. And the ball's so, at 113. I mean, you yeah. don't have, if you take you a, 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 if you think about taking a half step in, you're screwed. Um, you're done. You're done. Yeah. And Luis Garcia pitched well enough to get, to, to win. Luis Garcia pitches big old fat ass off. That booty it, was throwing that curveball, bumping that cheese, and had the Rockies <clears throat> all twisted up. Yeah. And you, you th- like that. You think about if Miles Shaw makes that catch, inning over, Brian Abreu, comes out of it, you come into the seventh, you have a clean inning, you have a fresh start for either bringing in someone else or Brian Abreu starts with a fresh inning. It's one to nothing. One to nothing was going to win you that game. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. One, one to nothing, nothing was going to win you that game. game. And they lost. They ended up losing six to two. But it's just the little things, man. It's the momentum that people don't understand. Yeah. So you, you fast forward to the Wednesday game, and it was, I mean, we literally sat through a game in snow. In snow. In a blizzard. The, in, the entire game was played in snow. One of the coolest, ex- besides me freezing my ass off, yes. which it was so damn cold. It was very damn cold. Uh, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, to sit through a game in snow. And it's, it did not stop. Yeah. It may not have accumulated on the ground, but it snowed the entire game. It was, it was just a cool life experience, and I'm glad we went just to experience that, really. Because it's it's a, such a rare thing, especially like being a Houston Astro fan. It barely snows every twenty years down here, but not in baseball season, especially. So it was really cool to experience that and, and see that live. Um, bad baseball yet again on that Wednesday. Ukridi um, was he looked miserable out there. He was missing arm side fastballs up. You can't miss arm side fastballs up in Coors Field because they turn it around for five hundred feet, and that's what that Rockies lineup did. Um, the one guy really that just 
showed up and showed out was continuously when we were there for the two days was Yuli Gurriel. And he's been uh, a man reborn. Uh, we're seeing almost prime Yuli as he gets older. Um, I guess he ages like a fine wine because he's absolutely putting great at-bats together. It doesn't matter if it's a blizzard or not. Um, but, hey, it was worth the trip. We met some phenomenal people there, and uh, I'd do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would go back to Denver if the Astros played there in a heartbeat. Uh, Society Sports and Spirits, shout out to those guys for... Shout out to them for sure. Yeah, doing a little pregame party. They were giving away jerseys. They were giving away tickets. I mean, that was an awesome experience to get get to that bar and, and hang out with all of the Houston fans. Um, yeah, it, it just, like you said, it was just more bad baseball. And we were walking through the terminal when we got back into Houston and uh, we see that Brian Abreu makes a comment about, you know, uh, that Ooh. ball should have been caught. He made the pitch that he wanted and the ball should have been caught. And we're like, man, I don't think you or I have ever, ever seen another player call out another player through the media. In, yeah. Through the media inside the Astros locker room. I get it inside the clubhouse. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Um, yeah, I'd rather keep that in house. And I think it was one of the things that we we talked about was Dusty was doing the mound visits, and yeah. Dusty would go out there and not pull a guy, just straight up talk to his pitcher. And I think as baseball fans, we're like, oh, okay, he feels that sense of urgency. One, but two. I know Dusty, Dusty freaking, I, I've been guilty of it. I, the timeline, the Astros Twitter is very, very guilty of it because they do it damn near every day. They criticize him and all this stuff. And sometimes it's, you know, rightfully so, but other times it's, you know, knowing the game a little bit. But that sense of urgency from Dusty was a good thing to see. It was a weird data point this early, but him going out there was kind of uh, weird, but I liked it. And, um, so I, I think the boys were, were feeling it. The the skipper's obviously feeling it. Front office is feeling it. And uh, it turned out to uh, lead to something good this, this weekend. Yeah, and, and to continue on to my point was we're walking through the terminal. We're thinking like, oh, man, is there, a, is there something else going on inside of the clubhouse that we don't know about that might get leaked later? Dusty, Dusty Baker's making multiple mound visits and not pulling guys kind of having a sense of urgency, which you like, right? 100%. Um, so we didn't know what was going on. Well, silly on us because the Astros come home, they get out of frigid temperatures, they get back in the friendly confines of Minute Maid Park, and they take three out of four from the Angels. We'll get, we're going to get into that next segment. We're going to take a quick break and come back with the Angels recap here on Beyond the Diamond podcast. Welcome back to Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network, part of Apollo HOU. Follow us on Twitter at Apollo HOU. He is Apollo Dez. I am Brian Lima. You can find us on Twitter at Apollo Dez 1 and at BLima790. And Dez, uh, we just got done talking about the Rocky series. The Astros get out of frigid temperatures. We thought maybe there was some discombobulation going on inside of the clubhouse. Uh, we didn't know what was going on. And then the Astros come home. Back to Minute Maid Park, and they take three out of four from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Stop. From, from the get-go of the Angels series, you felt like the offense was starting to come back around. They scored eight Thursday night. They scored five Friday night. They scored 16 on Saturday. Well, and then they obviously they lost on Sunday 4-2. to two. But the offense looked like the offense we have grown accustomed to. 
Yeah, I mean, it started right off the bat on when we landed. We had about 30 minutes to get home before the game started. It was the YouTube game. Uh, the game was on YouTube, which was in concept, not a bad um, not a bad thing. I enjoyed it. Seeing Blummer on the national stage with, with Matty V. I'm a big Matt Raskersian fan. I like him. I mean, I guess because I grew up playing the show and he was the, you know, the announcer when it first started off. And I've always just been a fan of him. And then the Angels color guy, I can't remember his name, but it's uh, Kubi. Yeah. Noobs. Yeah. And uh, uh, I forgot the full name, but that's just what they were calling him. It was just a cool it was a cool concept. I enjoyed it. I didn't. They had uh, the, the comments um, as a moderator, pretty much only with only content creators and, and baseball people. So it was kind of lame. Uh, some lame baseball comments and stuff like that. But the game itself turned out great. Uh, Christian Javier returned and put on a show. Absolute show. Nine strikeouts over five innings. Uh, it was it was a masterpiece. And it has me bewildered. And I've been saying it for weeks that sending Javier down was an asinine thing to do to get him extended. Whatever. You could have definitely pitched piggyback to start with our, how bad our pitching has been or thrown in long relief because our pitching has been bad and I'm getting past the fourth inning. So that made zero sense to send him down, but whatever, I digress. He came back, absolutely shoved 9Ks over five innings. We'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, and and to go back to so my, my comments on the YouTube game, I, I enjoyed the hell out of the production side of things uh, with Matt Vaskersian, Jeff Blum, and then Gooby from the Angel side of things. I thought it was cool because when we got back home, I had to do a little bit of work. So I was in my office here at my house uh, watching the game on the computer, but also getting some work done late in the evening. Uh, Christian Javier absolutely dealt. Um, And actually, before we get back into Javier, you talked about the comments on the YouTube page while the game was going on. And it was content creators or or, uh, baseball people, whatever it was. What's the guy's name? That's out trying to catch all the damn home run balls. Zach, he's like, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna say his name. Amp- I don't want to say it because it's free cloud. You don't want to get. I don't yeah. want to get sued either. He seems like he'll be one of the guys that sues me. Yeah. Uh, so we, the foul boy, foul boy, like the home run foul ball guy. We all know who he is. How the hell did he get into that chat, dude? I don't. He's that's, verified and has like forty thousand followers. He's lame. D- dude, the blue check, the blue check gets you so much clout for no freaking reason yeah. if you have like but, i think it's this point if you have a blue check like you're lame prove me wrong prove me wrong if you're a blue check and you're but not we're still lame. gonna get that apollo hou account verified here pretty damn soon we're coming yeah. up on ten thousand followers so uh <laughs> we'll get that blue check but uh back to back to the astros christian javier absolutely dealt i mean the dude yeah. spun it blue by blue uh blue guys away with the fastball I mean, he just looked really damn good. The the thing, you know, the pitch count was a little bit up, but still, when you're striking guys out and you're not getting a lot of contact, your pitch count's going to be a little bit higher. It is what it is. The Astros needed that in the worst way. Brian, did not feel we scored eight runs that game. It, it felt like 800 runs with how right. everything was going. Yeah. Uh, we banged out 13 hits. Uh, I believe Correa was finally in that leadoff spot. Uh, that was a big, ch- that was a different change that we a, saw. A, a, a great, great change. change of pace. Shout out for Dusty for, for making that, just shaking up the lineup a bit. But with Correa, Brantley, and Bregman, they went they went seven for 14 with four runs and five RBIs. Uh, anytime you're one through threes doing that, it's a, almost a guaranteed win. Yeah, and Carlos Correa looked like he felt comfortable in the leadoff spot. People were, people were kind of questioning how would he do. Well, yeah. he, he did pretty damn well. He worked yeah. some counts, uh, barreled baseballs up just like we saw in Colorado. 
Uh, yeah, he was two for five himself, three runs, two ribbies in the leadoff spot. When your leadoff guy is getting on base like that, then the offense is going to be able to, to click. It's going to be able to get into rhythm. You didn't see a lot of holes. Look at this four. Correa, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez. That's your one through four. Then you've got Yuli Gurriel coming in at number five. The hottest hitter on the planet. Yeah. And we talked about it on the last edition. Yuli Gurriel is a Hall of Famer if he plays his entire career here. And Yuli Gurriel has been showing out over the last four or five games. He hit another home run in Sunday's game. He had a home run in Saturday's game. I mean, Yuli is peak Yuli. He is locked in. in. This is what we know from Yuli Gurriel. This is peak, same old, same old Gurriel that we saw, not last year, but the year prior and the year prior to that. 2018, 2019, Yuli Gurriel. Promising sign for this lineup. Yeah, Dusty got his 1900th win as a skipper um, on that Thursday night game as well. Uh, so shout out Dusty for getting that. Also, Dusty gave us big, Dusty's oh, big yeah. Apollo guys gave us a little thumbs up and a little clap to our direction uh, on that Wednesday game in the snow. So I'm I'm riding or dying for Dusty now because I'm a mercenary and I have no bounds. And if you're gonna give me a thumbs up and clap our way, yeah, I'll ride or die for you, Dusty. Yeah. Then you, then you fast forward to the uh, game on Friday. The Astros win on a Robel Garcia walk off in stealing, ten innings, stealing a win from the jaws of defeat. You see that uh, in 10 innings and just can, can we agree that the that the runner starts at second in extra innings is absolutely horseshit. It's the goddamn worst role in all of sports. Look, I, I listened to some other podcasts yesterday and a couple a couple of guys made some good points on it gets you more action. It doesn't let the games drag on, blah, blah, blah. I like me personally, and this might be the old man that waves at a cloud type guy, but I like to see a game go into the 19th inning to the 18th inning. It's a chess match. It is. It's a chess match within the chess match of baseball. You know, I just I hate it. I don't understand why they agreed to to continue it into a, a full season of 162 games, but whatever it is, what it is. The Astros scratched out a win. Good teams find ways to win, and they sure as hell did. And, the A's, the, and, not the A's, the Angels. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and the one thing that stands out the most, and and I've been critical of this guy ever since we got him, and he's proven me wrong week after week. Is Zach Greinke? He scattered ten hits over seven innings. Only Zach Greinke could do that while giving up two runs. Like the dude had had everyone on their heels. Soft contact. I mean, he got beat uh, on the shift a couple of times for a little some infield singles and stuff. But once again, Zach Greinke is giving you quality starts and making sure your bullpen's not throwing, you know, questionable guys out there. He's going strong seven. He hands it off to Stanek. Stanek was nails. Presley comes in the ninth. Presley was nails. Um, had a little bit trouble. I mean, anytime you ask your your closer to go, you know, more than one is tough. And Presley uh, hasn't thrown a lot of innings this year. He hasn't. So for him to go out there and pitch two really damn good innings... That's saying something about Ryan Presley. And I think that Stanek-Presley combo in the 8th, ninth, it's all-star caliber for both people. I, I'm, I'm going to go right now. Ryan Stanek could be an all-star if, we, if he is the 8th inning high-leverage high guy and he hands it off to Presley. It, it's yeah, an elite. He has elite stuff in an elite role. He know, He's the closer for the 8th inning, and he shuts it down. Yeah. There, there's back on one of our first editions or first or second, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago on here on Beyond the Diamond podcast, uh, I talked about Stanek may even get a shot at the closer role 
But yeah. if you've got Ryan Presley throwing the way that he has, and again, he hasn't thrown a lot of innings, small sample size back. so far. He looks back, right? He looks healthy. Yeah. The mechanics are smooth. He's in rhythm when he's when he's throwing the nasty slider. Uh, two innings pitched, one earned run, three Ks, one walk. Uh, but when you have Ryan Stanek in your eighth inning, and then you have Ryan Presley coming in for the ninth, pitching the way that he is, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. That's it's a short- dominant eighth and ninth inning combo. When you have that, it shortens games tremendously. And you just need your starters to get you there. Get me to the sixth or seventh inning because we have horses back there that, yep. that could take us through the distance. But you got to get there first. And that's the story right. of the season so far. You know what? 21 games in. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I, I said it too. The biggest question mark about this team is going to be the starting pitching, the pitching rotation. You need quality starts because just like you said, Des. That's a quality combo in the eighth and ninth inning. So just get quality starts and the Astros have struggled with it a little bit, but you got a good one from Christian Javier. You got an even better one from Zach Grinke. And, and you had Rebel Garcia. Walk the game off, the, off against his old team. Fresh off the, the COVID protocol list, health and safety protocol. If you want to be specific about it, comes in at a big spot and people were like, Wait a minute. Why are you pinch hitting Robel Garcia? What are we doing here? Well, shut up because it works. It works. <laughs> you know I, mean, what I mean, shit. Look, we've been critical on Miles Straw. He had an infield single that only Miles Straw beats out. And then Castro rips a double down the line and it somehow doesn't rattle around the fence because Miles Straw scores easily. Easily. Absolutely. Easily. And it goes over for a ground rule double. And you're just like, what the hell, man? Like, here we go. Another Here we go. bad break. Here's another bad break. Yep. We're snake bit right now. It just sucks. Correa gets a sack fly, ties the game up. Robel Garcia steps to the plate. 0-2 count. Guy leaves the ball over the middle middle. Garcia barrels it up, and uh, it's a walk-off, walk-off Friday night. And then let's, let's also not forget, on that sack fly, the infielders yeah. didn't cut the, the throw from right field. They yeah, let I it go all the way that. through, and Castro gets to extend, extend 90 feet. Robot Garcia comes in, does his job. Boom. There's the ball game. Yeah. You Instead cut that play ball at the plate. Off, yeah. You have an easy walk off win. You, you cut that ball off on the Angels side and who knows what happens. The moment. That's another thing. The game within the game. Yes. Not everybody understands it. Okay. You cut that ball off. That takes a little bit of momentum away from the Astros. You get a little bit of momentum back to the Angels because then that at bat then Robel Garcia, his mindset has to change. Then he's thinking, man, I need to get one in the gap. I got to get yep. a double here to score Castro. It, yeah, to score Castro. Right? It, so, it adds points, right? It adds probability, you know, percentages to, to maximize wins. If, if Walsh hits the cutoff guy, Castro stays. Now you're throwing the element of Castro needs to get a good extension. He, he can't freeze. Yeah, there's two outs, but some guys just freeze on the base pass. He has to get a great jump. And even then, there's going to be a play to play because Castro's not a burner, right? There's going to be a throw from the center fielder. Yeah, it was a little soft contact. It doesn't matter. They probably bring the outfield a little bit closer to the play. Yeah. yeah, you're not playing gaps. Or you're not right. playing deep. You have your guys in. Uh, and you have a play at the plate. Instead, Walsh sells his cutoff guy, uh, goes to the plate. You're not throwing Miles Straw out, you know, from deep right field. And Castro easily. And, and great on Castro, baseball IQ, seeing that and tagging up as well. And I, it's just, yeah. it was, it felt good to be on the right side of the little things and to maximize a win. And yeah, it, and it felt great. Yeah, because you have, you have Castro 
Um, was did he go from? So he tags from first to second, right? No, no, no. He hit that double. Yeah, that's right. The double. Okay, the groundwork double. Okay, so he goes from he tags from second to third. Yeah. So if he stays at second, like you said, the infield or the outfield's playing in a little bit. They're not going to be playing no doubles, yeah. right? They're going to be coming in because you like know you have up. to. Ha- yeah, you have to have a play at the plate. So who knows? Who knows what happens? But good baseball all around in that extra inning. They scored three runs in the tenth. They scored three runs in the tenth, and they won it five to four. So good for Robel Garcia. That's got to feel good as a young player, fresh off that health and safety protocol, coming up in that eight. waved him. Right. Yeah, exactly. And a little bit of revenge right there. Right. Yeah. So just all around good baseball in that game. And then Saturday's game, just an absolute shellacking. Sixteen to two. It's sixteen so good. to two. It and we can so good. we can talk we can talk about the offensive production, but holy hell, welcome back, Kent Emanuel. Welcome to the show. Number zero. Welcome to the show, young man. Good for you. And to have the balls to and, and I know Kent Emanuel has been protesting his his unlawful suspension. And we don't have to get into the weeds of it. We know that he shouldn't have served one single game. And that takes away from him. He's had some, he had Tommy. He's just, it's been a grind since he's gotten drafted to make it to the show. He's finally here. Odo gets hurt. A little forearm strain. We don't want to speculate on energy, any injuries. Astros are playing it close to the chest, obviously. Uh, doesn't look good. We, we think it's, you know, Tommy, but we'll see. And, he has to go in, warm up on the mound in front of everyone. Doesn't get any, you know, doesn't get his bullpen time and just shoves, absolutely shoves it for eight and two thirds. He throws eight and two thirds innings, five hits, two runs, five Ks. Uh, he gave up two bombs, whatever. He Solo threw 90 pitches, 90 pitches. Efficient. I mean, that's the best way to describe it, right? Efficient. I mean, look. <laughs> I, I thinking of this outing. Here's another thing: the Astros needed this in the worst way because the bullpen was taxed, 100. percent And they didn't have to go to the bullpen because because Ken Emanuel said, "Put put the team on my back, let's go." Yeah. And he goes out there and he absolutely deals. He didn't walk one guy in eight and a two thirds inning. That is the most efficient start you can have. And it's in your MLB debut, fresh off of an 80-game suspension, then they probably shouldn't have served one game. One Look, game. Anytime you have a pitcher like that filling up the strike zone, <laughs> you, one, you got to think it's dangerous because in this, you know, three true outcome era, uh, not great when you think about him just throwing constant balls in the zone, but he pitched great. He, he pitched in and out of jams. He... He moved the ball left and right. He got some. He got some really good batters out, and just the moment was never big for him. Like you could see him. He was walking around pacing. I think. I think this guy's a madman. I mean, I, I fell in love with this kid already. So, um, just one hell of a fucking start. Yeah, just, just one it, hell of a fucking start. And they needed it. The Astros needed it. And I, I remember. So one of the things I posted on my Twitter uh, at Blima seven ninety. He's at Apollo Des one. Follow our uh, Apollo H O U site at Apollo H O U. But one of the things uh, back in early twenty twenty, I was working Astros fans fan fest when I was still with uh, Sports Talk seven ninety. And Kent was one of the guys who we got to interview. And he was getting ready to go down to spring training. And he thought twenty twenty was going to be the year 
that he got to prove himself, that he felt like he was going down to West Palm Beach as not just another guy. Hey, here's another double A, triple A guy. He's going to fill up some innings. No, he thought he had a legit chance to make it on the big squad and pitch MLB innings. And he felt like he uh, got the mechanics right. They were a lot more smooth. Uh, the velo was back. He was coming off of off of surgery, uh, some injuries, and he finally got a chance to prove himself. Well, then he gets suspended. Okay, obviously you're in a um, you're in a COVID year. You're only playing sixty games. Tack on twenty. He comes back. I mean, talk about a chip on your shoulder, right? He chooses the number zero because he says zero is the number of games I sh- I, I should I should not have sat out any games due to suspension. So that's why I'm wearing number zero. He comes out, I mean, just deals and deals, very efficient. The Astros on the offensive side of things put up 16 runs. It's easier to pitch when your offense is giving you that many runs. Not to take away anything from Ken Emanuel, because Ken Emanuel didn't walk anybody. Right, it doesn't. I don't give a shit if it's three to nothing, fifteen to nothing, uh, two to one. When you're not walking, guys, you're keeping your team in in the game. Look, and so, he, threw, he threw eight and two thirds, basically almost a complete game at ninety pitches. Like, okay, that math, basic math, I, I can do that. Ten pitches an inning. That's ooh. that's that's Maddox. Yeah, he, he, it was yeah. a Maddox. It was a Maddox game for the kid. It's crazy, and then, and we'll talk about the offense. The offense, eighteen hits. God. 16 runs. I mean, you look at Correa, three for six. Michael Brantley, three for three with a walk. Four runs. Bregman, two for, f- two for three with a walk and three RBIs. Jordan Alvarez, two for four with four RBIs. The man hit a triple. Yeah, my Jordan son, my with son the bionic looks knees. My son looks good. Yeah, your son does look good. He's Yuli Gurriel, madman at the plate. Two for four, two RBIs. Kyle Tucker, two for five. I mean, Miles Straw, two for five. Jason Castro, two for four. I mean, goodness gracious. Runs were coming in bunches Bunches. on Saturday. And that clinched the series win. Then here we are on Sunday. And sometimes you just don't win. Okay? I I wouldn't say that that Sunday's game was uh, bad baseball. Um, I think it was was just baseball. Exactly. It was a lot of bad breaks. I think Lance really pitched his ass off um, through a lot of a lot of adversity. Um, that that fifth inning, and I tweeted, uh, I can't pull it. Let me see if I can pull it up right now. What I said. Yeah, they but scored you, two in the fifth. You had soft contact. You got a hit. You hit pull holes with the changeup, and then you had a, a swinging a swinging bunt, first and second, and then it was just all right. He's in a jam. Like we know, Lance kind of does this a bit. And I said we want to see Lance develop as a pitcher. Yep. Um, we want to see him take that next step as a starter and minimize damage and stop the pitch count from bleeding in that situation. And he actually did do that. And it, it took another David freaking Fletcher. Uh, just Fletcher a damn is, mosquito, dude. Oh, He's a mosquito. Man. He's a gnat at a barbecue. Uh, just doesn't go away. And he hits a, a, a ball, a little pull cue shot off the end of the bat, and it hits the first base. And it gets away from Yuli, and they score two runs off that shit. And it's just, it, it just sucked. It was just yeah. shit luck. It was just the, shit luck. The exit velocity on that uh, David Fletcher was like 44.6 miles an hour. So 45 miles an hour, we'll, we will round up. Oh, my God. But, I mean, that's, it, it, like like we said, it's that's just baseball sometimes. Baseball is such a brutally 
beautiful game because one day it could be your best friend. You got the highest of highs. And then the next day it's your worst enemy. And that's, that's, that could go for one inning. You're on the highest of highs. And the next thing you know, you come out and you just don't have it. Baseball Baseball sucks at times. Okay. And that was it in that fifth inning. Baseball sucked. But when you look at Lance McCullers, he got you through six. He only gave up two runs. He only gave up three hits. When he's pitched this year, the, the stat lines have been pretty much the same. Five to six innings, a couple of runs, a couple of hits. The pitch count is, is not what you want it to be. He had 106 today in six innings. But he, you know, so far, he's pitched okay, right? But you need the progression. You need uh, to extend him another inning or so. Get the pitch count down. You want to see him continue to progress. I think the big thing with Lance was just getting healthy. Like the last start, we found out that he was having complications from uh, getting his second dose. And then he missed a start. And that's why Javier came back up. And then he was back. So just to see him back on the mound and healthy was great to see him extend. Because, I mean, literally had to go to the ER after his last start. And that's just Lance being Lance balling out. And it's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to give it my all. So, um I think if he just keeps building on each start and he he can lean on Strami and, and Grinky and JV and all these other guys, so he has a, a lot of opportunities to to talk and pick their brains that have been in the show for a long time. And, you know, our top end guys, that's where we want Lance to progress to be. And uh, I think he'll be all right. And today he pitched he pitched quite fine. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd give it a solid, solid B, B plus. Um, he did enough for, for you to win the game. And it just... It was just baseball, baby. Yeah, and the Astros lost 4-2. to two. And again, the Astros have only played 21 games. There's 162 total games this season. So it's like progression, a, like 140-something, 41 left. Yeah, so progression of, of the pitching staff, it's going to come. And I, especially with Lance McCullers Jr., he's pitched pretty well so far this year. He keeps you in the game. Again, five to six innings each game. The pitch count's a little bit higher, but they, he's got a good staff around him to help him. Um, so he'll be fine. He will definitely be fine. It's early. Let's, let's, you know, let's hold off on, on, uh, being super critical of the, of just the pitching staff as a whole. It's not, it's not up to what we as fans want it to be, but it'll get there. I think. Uh, and then you look at, I mean, Shohei Otani, the dude can rake the dude Dude. rakes and he hit a bomb. He's a superstar. He's an absolute superstar. He's what Babe Ruth thought he was going to be. Like, yeah, he if you put Shohei Otani in a time machine and you put him back in Babe Ruth's era, he may he makes Babe Ruth his bat boy. Like Shohei Otani is a superstar. He runs. He's plus plus speed, plus 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 arm, plus 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 power. And he throws one hundred and five on the bump. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like this guy could hit. He hit a ball today that only Jordan Alvarez hits out to center field and uh, the Budweiser deck where Brian, where that's you a, were for the world series yeah. to do media. That's what they put the media. That's how right. they expect. No one's hitting a ball out there. And he puts one out there today in a, in a regular season game that I only see Jordan do effortlessly, and effortlessly, effortlessly. It's his swing. Oh my God. The guy is, it's, it's, it's so it's damn orgasmic, good. Dude. He's so it's, damn good. Yeah. As a baseball fan, you oh. love watching Shohei Otani. You absolutely. I don't care what he's doing. If he's DHing or if he's on the bump, all eyes are on that guy, and and rightfully so. And we saw it again, and that was a, a bomb, a bomb. And then just just to close out this segment, I mean, you look at the Astros in their Sunday game, four hits, two runs. 
mm, sorry, that's not going to win you ball games. Yeah, I mean, Yuli. I mean, Yuli once again almost yeah. pulled a rabbit out of the hat for the for the yeah. offense and the team. But um, Yuli Gurriel with another home run, hey, uh, two RBIs. So series wins. Series yeah, wins. Exactly. We, we keep racking those up. You you keep taking three or four good things happen. Yeah, t- they take three or four from the Angels after playing in 18 degree weather in Denver, Colorado. It's a it's a welcome sight for the Astros to come back home to put up the offensive numbers to have outings from Grinky and Christian Javier. Lance pitched well. Uh, sometimes you just don't win. OK, but at the end of the day, they take the series from the Angels. Next, they welcome in the Seattle Mariners. We'll do a quick preview into that then we'll get to our Q&A session from the followers on Twitter that's segment two after the break segment three here on Beyond the Diamond podcast third and final segment here on Beyond the Diamond podcast a part of the Apollo Podcast Network on Apollo HOU. Follow us on Twitter at Apollo HOU. He is Apollo Dez. I am Brian Lalima. You can find us on Twitter at Apollo Dez one at Belima seven ninety and Dez the Astros just took three out of four from the Angels and they welcome in the Seattle Mariners who are right at the top of the leaderboard in the AL West right behind the Oakland A's I know it's early but Seattle is playing some pretty damn good baseball and there's a lot of naysayers about the Mariners but you're not one of them you've been pretty pro Seattle so I'll let you kick off this segment with what what the Astros can expect from the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, I mean, I've been getting clowned on in the Apollo chat, just but just a baseball IQ and seeing these guys, and we saw it last year. You had a young team. Uh, you have a young team with young superstars with Kyle Lewis and and Mister Wide over at first base, and you got old old guys like Seager at third. That's been just destroying the Houston Astros for it seems like twenty years. Um, but you have this this young core and all these guys believing in one one another. And they're playing damn good baseball. And we saw it down the stretch, but they were pushing the Astros. Like, people forget the Astros limped in the playoffs, and Seattle was right there, right behind them, drafting for all, all the way down to the last week. And so, the thing that scares me the most is when you have these young guys who don't give a shit and they just believe in one another. That's a dangerous team. And it reminds me a lot of that 15 team. I don't think they have the capabilities of, of doing what that 15 team did, but uh, I think they're a year off because they need some pitching. But that team can play baseball and they're it's not the Seattle teams of old. Like you're going to walk into the park and just beat them. Like they're going to push you and you have to play good baseball in the show. And these guys are just, they don't, I don't think none of those guys even care about the scandal, the fallout of 17. I think they just want to beat the Astros for being such a, a pinnacle of the AL for, you know, the last half decade. And so those teams are always dangerous and I'm looking forward to the series because I think it's gonna be really good baseball uh, across the board. Yeah, and looking at the pitching rotation for the Houston Astros, you have Jose Urquidy uh, starting Monday's game. Tuesday's game, you've got Christian Javier back on the bump. Then you have Zach Grinke. Thursday is a day game, a 110 start at Minute Maid Park. To be determined, you you could maybe even make the case that Ken Emanuel gets a start. Um, uh, Luis Garcia, maybe, because uh, we don't know about Jake Odorizzi. He's, he's got right forearm uh, soreness. That's That's all that's been talked about. So Urquidy, I think, needs to come out and he has to throw a quality start. Yes, 100%. he hasn't. The the pitch count has been up for him uh, amongst the entire pitching staff. But for Urquidy, we saw it live uh, at Coors Field missing arm side. We saw it from pitch one. You and I both said it. He's missing arm side. Fastballs were going up and away 
to lefties because he's missing high and in on righties. Got to get that under control. Urquidy is the guy that I look at that has to have a good start in in Minute Maid Park for this series against the Mariners because the Mariners are playing damn good baseball. Kyle, like you mentioned, Kyle Lewis is back. I think he came back early last this past week. Yeah. Um, damn good player. Really good at the plate. And just the top one through nine, they're a scrappy bunch. Jose Urquidy to start off the series Monday evening at Minute Maid Park at the juice box. He has to throw strikes. Just throw strikes. I don't care. I, I don't care if you get hit a little bit. Just throw strikes and, and keep your team in it. And then obviously with Christian Javier, you want to see if he can build off of a damn good start uh, this past Thursday. And then Zach Grinky, you know, Zach Grinky's got Zach Grinky. You know what to expect from him. Then obviously we got to wait to see who uh, to be determined for the, the day game, uh, the series finale. Preview for me. I think the Astros stay hot. Jose Altuve, here's the big thing. Jose Altuve Altuve should return at some point this series. If they get him back, that's just obviously good news for the lineup. Then then you'll feel like the lineup is is mostly complete. You still have a couple of holes. Kyle Tucker. God, I bet Kyle Tucker hates baseball right now. Oh, yeah. My goodness. (laughs) And then Miles Straw, again, continues to struggle. Chaz McCormick got some playing time, didn't play very well. Uh, but getting Jose Altuve is, is going to be a welcome sight for the Astros. And so I think personally, I think the Astros take three out of four from Seattle. Look, we've been brutal on our predictions. We've been absolutely brutal. We have, so yeah. I'm going to say, say Seattle's going to sweep us just to <laughs> counteract, <laughs> just to, just to throw all psychology. Yeah, that's what we're doing. A little, yeah. little, little reverse, little Uno card. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say have- we're going to get swept because it just – Every time I say we're going to do something, it's gone the complete opposite way. So, yeah, we, uh, we haven't been good. <laughs> we have not been good. You, look, you either have it or you don't. You when, it comes to predi- don't. when it comes to predictions, we haven't had it. That's yeah. OK. We can only get better it's, from here. It's a it, look. It's a long it's a long season. It's not a 60 game sprint. Right. There's a 60 game sprint PTSD. Boys and girls buckle in. We got 141 yeah. more of these. It's a long, a long season. But here's here's another crazy thing. It's almost May. Can you believe that shit? Yeah. I it's, felt like uh, we were just at in West Palm Beach. Yeah, I blinked. I blinked. Yeah. And I don't know where the last month and a half has gone. Yeah, it's crazy to me. But again, I say three out of four. You say a sweep by the, the Mariners for a little reverse psychology. Uh, we'll see. I just I really hope Jose Arquiti gets on the bump and throws strikes. So that's what we can look forward to. Uh, we're here uh, with the final segment of Beyond the Diamond. And we've got some questions. Des, you put out some uh uh, a request on Twitter for your Astros questions. So let's get into the Q and a before we wrap up here on beyond the diamond. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this first one is from at tall Texan 89, our boy JB. He goes, how huge has Luis Garcia been for this team? And why is he so underrated? Underrated. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's underrated. I think he just hasn't pitched enough. I don't think he It's too small of a sample size. Now, if, if Luis Garcia comes out and continues to pitch, well, throw strikes, fills it up and doesn't get any credit, then he's underrated. But I just don't think we've seen him enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's been huge. He's been, he's been huge for this, for this team. I, I think uh, he falls in that kind of uh, realm of Javier and falls in the realm of Ucrity, where it's just like, where did this guy come from? And why is yeah. he doing so well? Like, I mean, like we said it, he was a no-neighbor throwing an elimination game in the playoffs. Like, and he's just taken it and, and rode with it. And he's got, 
he's got some pretty damn good baseball savant stats. Like I'm looking at it right now. It's it's above league average, what you take from a Luis Garcia. Like, and he's just been filling it up. And I mean, that's what you gotta do. Uh, his cutter, he's been missing a, a bit, but his slider's at an 18.7 strike percentage. His fastball's at a 46.3. Like, hey, he's uh, he's doing the damn thing, and we're lucky to have him. Yeah, and the Ast- and he's just going to get better because he's getting more and more exper- experience here at the big league level. So uh, yeah. he's a good one to have, that's for sure. Uh, this is from our boy, Spaceman, at Copier Colin. Who's going to have to step up to fill in for Oda Rizzi? Oh, man. Uh, it's a really good question. Spaceman with a really, really good question. You know, I think it's got to be Luis Garcia. Uh, I would love to see more from Kent Emanuel. Um, having Christian Aviera's back, but here's a name. Uh, Fromber Valdez. That'd be great. That'd be great I to mean, see that guy. I mean, I can't wait to, to have get staff A's Framber back. I can't wait to get him back. Right. So when you think about getting Valdez back, then it makes it a little less um, a little less difficult to step up for Jake Odorizzi. Then you got guys like Luis Garcia, Kent Emanuel, Brandon, uh, Brandon Belak. Yeah, that was the name that I was trying to think of. Christian Brandon Javier. Right. Back so, in the Roto. So just right. Right. When you say that question, you have to think of Framber Valdez coming back and that makes it a little bit easier for the rotation. So I look forward to getting him back. That's for damn sure. For sure. Uh, this next question is from Arby, Ari Kister. A-R-Y-K-S-T-E-R. I can't, I cannot pronunciate that. We're going to call him A-R. This is from A-R. Uh, what are your thoughts on Miles Straw by now? Oh, Ugh. boy, this would be contentious from Brian. Do you want to take, do you want to go I'll first? Go first. Okay, Look, go ahead. I'll, I'll soften the blow. Uh, <laughs> what you see is what you're going to get with Miles. He's not a George Finger replacement. He's not a Josh Reddick replacement is just Miles Straw. Uh, it's a lot of bumps and bruises. He has elite, elite speed, but if he's just Willie Mays Hayes popping it up, like it does nothing. Like get the ball on the ground, good things will happen. We saw it on the walk off on Friday night. He beats out an infield single, extends the game, gets it to the next guy, and uh, good things happen. So my thoughts on Miles is just bleh. Uh, he 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 needs to uh, needs to step up and, and grow up a bit. But I think we'll see it over time. I just there's no one else behind him. There's no one else in in our minor leagues. There's no one that we can go sign. We're up against the salary cap. Like it's it is the Miles Straw show. So he's the guy. <laughs> so <laughs> to go into this question, let me let me let me give you some let me preface this real quick. I am not a major league baseball player. I do not play minor league baseball. I played college baseball. I know it's I know baseball is hard. I did not get to play at the highest level. I played at a pretty high level, but I did not play affiliated baseball. So when it comes to Miles Straw, the most frustrating part of his at bats are they are such when he's not getting a hit, the at bats are so bad. The rollovers, the ass out throwing the hands at the at the baseball, uh, the strikeouts. The pop-ups, the weak pop-outs. Now, if you're if you're hammering balls and they get caught, that's one thing. Have a little sense of urgency, okay? Um, he has to know that he's not not hitting well. And then when you're on the defensive side of the baseball, get better jumps. 
Okay. We saw it in Denver. Um, Hesitation, bad routes. He can make up for it with his speed. But man, it's it's really frustrating to me. And I've been very critical of Miles Straw. I don't think he should be the starting center fielder. But you made a good point, Des. Who the hell? Who is? Who else is going to do it? Are you going to put Chaz McCormick in there and let's let's see how he can do? Me personally, I would say yes. Put Chaz McCormick in and let's see what he can do. But if he can't produce, then what do you do? You put Aledmus Diaz, Aledmus Diaz in right field, and you put Kyle Tucker in center and Michael Brantley in left. Is yeah. that the answer? No, because I mean, you have no speed now. Exactly, and you don't. Uh, <laughs> So the Astros are up against the salary cap. I get it, but I just, man, it's frustrating. It is very frustrating. And I'm just going to leave it at that. People know, you know, people that know me know that I'm very critical of Miles Straw right now. Um, I just, I, to make it simple, have better at bats and I'd be, I would be okay with it. And I'll leave it at that. You're super critical on it. Um, I am. When it's all said and done. Could the Alvarez trade end up being bigger still than Bagwell? Hashtag ask Apollo from at, Watch 14 or more James. Uh, yeah, I mean, my son is the second coming um, of everything. I think this guy is a Hall of Famer. I don't think he is 22 years old or 21 years old. I think he's more like 42 years old. So, uh, But the guy just at flat out hits. He barrels everything. He, he's a superstar. He's a superstar in the making. He's our big poppy. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bigger still than Bagwell. He's a Hall of Famer. Alvarez is, is going to shatter... Every single record of Bagwell. Our children's children is going to be talking about Jordan Alvarez for the centuries to come. He's going to tear down the Bagwell statues like all the gods before him. And this is going to be the Jordan Alvarez show. Yes, it'll be a bigger steal. Uh, I'm not following that up. You answered it for him. How the hell am I going to follow that one up? Tearing down the statues. Yeah. Look, tearing down statues. a bigger steal than Bagwell. I would say yes, because look what the Astros gave up for him. Josh Fields. Are you kidding me? And it's even sweeter from the Dodgers, right? And, for, and, and I know Astro Spinner loves to do that, but like Jordan wasn't going to play in the outfield for no, the Dodgers. He, no, mean, he, he wasn't. He barely run. He's a DH. He's a perma DH. He's our big poppy. So. And he is still, he's still getting his feet wet at the plate. He missed yeah. all of last year. He's got two good, or he's got two surgically repaired knees. Yes, it's a bigger steal than Bagwell. Absolutely. And God, I cannot wait to see him hit 40 plus bombs um, in a season. So uh, yes, bigger I'm steel. Wrecked. All right, the last question. Bricked up, baby. Bricked, <laughs> bricked up over here uh, <laughs> from Z CZ two four four. He just said, "How many licks to the center of a tootsie pop?" I mean, oh, I, I love how we're talking about licks to a zero <laughs> pop. We're talking about being bricked up. Oh, that, I mean, this is what the bad boys of podcasting do, you know. <gasps> oh. Oh, uh, shit, it's what I've, we do at Apollo HOU, podcasting and bricking up. Bricked up. <laughs> I don't know. I just just I just bite the center of the Tootsie Pop and <laughs> pause. So. Zero. Oh, man. I don't I don't eat those things. <laughs> That's it for the question. Segment. Oh, man. Uh, oh, man. What a note to end on. What a note. What a note. I'm 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 good. I'm good now. That's just that made my weekend. Hey, that just made another my... another episode with the bad boys. Of podcast. That's it. That's it. That's what we do. That's going to do it for another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Apollo H.O.U. 
Uh, he's Apollo Des. Follow him at Apollo Des One. I am Brian Lalima. Follow me at blima790. Before we sign off here, Des, you got anything leading into the week? Astros take on the Mariners. Any last any last words? We're back in it. We're back in the race. We're chasing two and a half, three games. I'm not worried about it. It's April rolling into May. Let's keep playing some good baseball. Yep, I look forward to it. Urquidy on the mound Monday, seven ten start. Don't meet us there. Beat us there. That's going to do it. He is Apollo Dez. I am Brian Lalima. Thank you for tuning in. Rate us, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Follow all of our social medias at Apollo HOU. We love the community. Uh, if it wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't be doing this. Thank you for all the support. Give us a listen. Give us a like. Give us a review. That's going to do it. Another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Love you guys.